0: Base Parlor podcast is brought to you by the Base Parlor app. The Base Parlor app is an app that connects music talent throughout the country. So whether you're an artist, instrumentalist, producer, or audio engineer, find other talent that you need to work with to complete your music project. The Base Parlor app is available on the App Store and in Google Play. The Base Parlor app. Combine your creativity. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bass Parlor App Podcast. Today, we have artist, songwriter, Ganga Lee. What's up, Ganga Lee? Hey,
1: what's up? How you doing?
0: Doing good, doing good. Can I
1: just say, Daryl, like, how are you doing, Daryl? Or what do you want me to call you?
0: <laughs> Daryl's cool, Daryl.
1: Okay. Yeah, that works. What's going on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> doing good, doing good. I'm glad you can join us here today.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I definitely do appreciate the invite.
0: All right, no problem, mm-hmm. no problem. So uh, you're based in Tampa now, right?
1: Yes. Um. Originally from the Bronx, born and raised. Two Jamaican parents. I always got to shout out my heritage. Okay. I lived in the um, Virginia Beach area for several years, like close to, well, over a decade, over 10 years. And then since then, I moved to Tampa, and I've been in Tampa ever since 2012.
0: 2012, okay. How do you like the Tampa area? How's the music singing down there?
1: It's, let me tell you, it's a very, um and especially Pre-COVID times. Now it's a little bit different, just like anywhere else. There's a lot of restrictions on um, performing and gathering in clubs. But um, this area is a definite musician area. When I first came here, it was like it's a place called Ybor City, which right. would be equivalent, like if you're you're from the DMV area, if you're familiar with like Virginia um, Beach. It would be equivalent to the beach without the beach per se but it's a little bit of water because it's Tampa. we're on the bay but um, when you go down there it's like a strip of um you know different clubs different places like live performance venues so Mm -hmm. you literally can like bar hop from venue to venue and get like live performances great shows some will be you know big name or major acts some will be indie artists but great time had by all and that was just like the constant um Thing that was going on in Ybor City. So when I first moved here, we was just like, oh, I want to check out the scene and you know, kind of see what's going on. Not really trying to even dive in face first because you want to like find your space. I don't want to come in, but I am the ish. Everyone look <laughs> at me, you know. So I'm gonna like kind of fill out everything. And um, yeah, I saw it in the newspaper, the Tampa Bay Times, when I first got here, they were showing this um place that was doing like an open mic, you know. It didn't say like it was a competition, but it's more so like come on down, friendly. You know warm up your pipes get on an open mic or whatever and this was literally like a month or two i just moved here and i was like okay I, I need a mic in my hand let me try to see what i could you know do an open mic or whatever
2: right
1: ended up doing it ended up being a contest that i didn't know about and the winner got to get a basically an all-expense paid performance in atlanta okay. and so um and it was like for gme um entertainment on the atlanta side with tampa mystic On this side, it was like H out of Tampa. Ironically, Tampa Mystic is from Tampa, but she's a big DJ and you know a big promoter, manager up in the Atlanta area now. Right. right. Long story short, I won the whole contest. Won up there, performed. Um, I put out an album called All Fruits Right when I first came here. That was the next year, 2013. I ended up they had um in Tampa Bay time once again. It's like a newspaper they circulate. They had the top 200 artists of the Tampa Bay area. I was like oh this is a, a cool article I wanted to read it I'm reading through it and I'm like taking notes like making little highlights like I want to see this person perform and this looks interesting I want to check the music out later I get to number 9 I'm number 9
2: Oh I wow. wow!
1: I was like and you know
2: you, had no know like, you don't know.
1: want to stay in there don't leave but
2: it was
1: <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> so it was my album um, All Foods Right that they you know, was you know reviewing and said hey number 9 this is an artist to watch out for so it's been like a lot of doors opening, a lot of um, love shown. I will yeah. say that for me to be new to the area, it was not nothing to be embraced. or it wasn't hard to be embraced by the musical community. Right. And yeah, definitely pre-COVID time, it was always a party, always a show, something to do and, you know, network and get with the people, you know, or get your music
2: to the people.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, a really cool, it's a really cool city. So I went to... Uh... I went to UCF for three years, University of Central oh. Florida over in Orlando. So, you know, I know I know Ebor City pretty well. We used to drive oh, you over there.
1: know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, but yeah.
0: And it's and a lot of music.
1: music. It's like jumping. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty COVID time, you know, on a Saturday night, you go down there and bar hopping, bar hopping. You have DJs over here, live bands over here. You know, there's right. it's a mixture of people in the streets, you
0: know? Yeah, you, people will never know. It's like Tampa's, like I went to a, once I went to a, uh, it was a cigar bar it was a jazz cigar bar. I, I had seen literally the best, the best saxophonists I had ever, like jazz saxophones I ever seen in Tampa. Like you would never think, but really incredible musicians out of Tampa, you
1: know? Yes, from all genres, all right. genres.
0: All and years, so right?
1: I love that because it just, you know, you can just feel the creativity and the energy, you know. And sometimes as a musician myself, you feed off of that and you need that, you know, that good musical energy, creativity, just to kind of keep you, you know, keep you going. You know?
0: Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, like, take us back to the very beginning. I know you said you were born and raised in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was your family, like, a musical a musical family? What got you into the to the music?
1: Um, my family really wasn't, like, musical as far as um, performing, mm-hmm. but they were musical lovers or lovers of music. Right. So, um, but then we did have things like pianos and organs in my house. Like, for Christmas, I always wanted, like, whatever I could get, an organ, a keyboard player, like my brother wanted like a little beat machine, you know, stuff like that. I don't know if you remember, I might be telling my age, but do you remember the Casio keyboards back in the day? Yeah, of course. Beat machines, yeah, that (laughs) Christmas type of thing. So um, we was just always musical. Growing up in the Bronx, you know, hip hop started there. So we was always exposed to block parties in the summertime, my brother and I, and um, he's older than me. So he would rap and battle cats in the area i'm repping my um block today dj s &S and s ronji
2: but
1: yeah Yeah. i grew up with dj he was like one of the first um djs to put me on That's why i was on his mixtape rhyme and i was like 12 13 years old Mm -hmm. and um but he knew my brother you know pre before me and they were all familiar with him battling people and rapping in the area in the bronx people come from different boroughs to battle him at times or whatever. He was like a jokester. So yeah. it was entertaining because he always had like jokes or snap on you. And, my, you know, yeah. he was one of those, he wasn't like, I'm gonna do songs and pursue it like that per se, but it, he was very entertaining. So a lot of people knew him. Yeah. And I just loved that um entertainment that my brother put forth, you know, it's so I was like, I'm gonna do that. Like just a sibling sibling rivalry, I guess. Like I wanna do that. So I would write my rhymes, start out with poetry. Then it evolved into rhymes. And then when I had enough courage, I drank enough, um, I don't know, spinach juice that day. I went down <laughs> to Duwop and I knocked on the door. And I was like, full Catholic school, y- school girl uniform. I went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I was at school all day. Like, when I get out of school, I'm going to DJ Duop's house. I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to ask him, why does he have a female rapper on his mixtape? And I'm going to offer my services. I want to be the rapper on the mixtape. And um, so, yeah, and I knew him. I knew his family. So it wasn't like I just was knocking on the stranger's door or whatever. Right. And um, his his niece was in my class. Like, we went to school together. So, um, yeah, so I knew the family. I went over there and knocked on the door. And then I was like, hey, why don't you have females on the mixtape? And he was like, you rap? Come in. And, yeah, he gave my first shot. Like, he really, like, was like, come and get on the mic and showed me, like, the cadence and stuff. Because, like, sometimes, you know, you write it. It may not land right, you know. He was the first person to teach me that. So, shout out to DJ Drew Up in the Bronx, you know what I'm saying, for the love there. Um, Since then, you know, I did a couple of, you know, mixtapes, with not just Drew Up, like so many different people before Mm -hmm. I left New York. And then when I got to Virginia, I went to school to Norfolk State University. So, that's how I ended up landing in Virginia. So, I went to college and then drop out. Shame,
2: don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) It was
1: really like, um, it was a really good music scene. Right. out there in Hampton Roads area at the time. It was like pre, um, you know, pre like what you know now, like pre Clips, pre Pharrell being big, but you know, you knew them. Like if you were local to the area and you did music and you were in the music community, you knew who Timbaland was, you knew who Magoo was, but they weren't like on the world that we know them now on the world level. So it was really good to see that growth and to be a part of that community of, you know, people making it like Missy and, you know, back in those days, Missy would have like this um, conference mm-hmm. in um, Portsmouth, Virginia. It was like a three-day. You know, it was almost like an AC3 festival, pre AC3, and would have artists from different, you know, areas. Different celebrities would come out and perform. So I was in a group um, called the Gypsies back then, okay. and Key Turner was in the group with me, which is who we were talking about earlier. Like okay. that
0: right, Key Turner, my Turner.
1: Yes, yes. So um, her and I, plus a few other females, we were in a group called the Gypsies. Mm-hmm. and we were able to like you know perform for people like missy for open up for people like mop open up for um so many different people and travel and perform open up for the roots um open up for jazzy fat nasties jaguar right jasmine sullivan okay. we were part of like the black Lily lineup for a quick minute there you know mm-hmm. so a lot of work under our belt just from being in virginia so after that you know that was a, a great time but um I'm not trying to say that just like any other group but you know sometimes you know the, the story groups they kind of disagree on things so the group dismantle right. and then I said you know I want to take the solo I want to try something solo so I started doing music as a solo artist and then um, I don't know I just felt like I wanted to be comfortable recording so I got my own recording studio so I got the main recordings and then I was just like I kind of want to control what I put out without asking permission mm-hmm. so I created Doe Records which is an indie label. Um, we got a distribution deal in 2016, digital distribution deal. So I really just we rock, we put out our music. You know, I got Colossal TV, which is my partner in crime. He does the beats, Colossal Beats, he does my videos, he does graphics. Anybody looking for videos or graphics, look up Colossal TV on Instagram or Doe Records, because we're looking for artists too to put out or volume two. So yeah, and we just do music. Um, yeah, I have a mixtape called Girlhouse Volume Two, which I like to give back to the community. I'm not really saying I'm trying to sign artists, but I know a lot of young artists that that are kind of jaded about how the music works. So I try to like say, Hey, look, you know, submit music, check it out. If I like it, I put you on my project, but it's not that easy. It's going to be a boot camp. You're going to learn about, you know, BMI writing, ASCAP, you know, copyrights. You're going to learn this stuff Mm -hmm. and then your reward would be, your song would be released digitally, you know? So I do that right now for the young kids because I kind of want a lot of them to be, you know self-sufficient and educated what you know going into this more well-rounded and educated versus going into it jaded and like oh i'm gonna get a deal all my dreams are over and next you know we know the story a lot of people get jerked in the end so i try to do that for the community and that's why i said i'm looking for artists for Girlhouse house writing two volume one was successful a lot of those artists took the um the knowledge that we gave and uh the, the, you know just out that whatever we could pass on to them and a lot of them are doing great you know so shout out to King Damo, shout out to Jay Smooth, shout out to Young Sage. shout out to Polo, Trap Polo. Those are some of the young guys off of the first album, off the first volume that, you know, really went on to do great things. Now, I'm like a proud hip-hop mama to see them out
2: there, like, you
1: know, like on Instagram, seeing them do their shows, and they're not in Tampa, like they're in some in Tennessee, Arkansas, New York, you know, Virginia, you know, so to see these young men Take what we spoke about and the information I try to pass into them and utilize it and manifest into greatness and it's good. So that's what I do with the grow house wine, the grow house mixtape
0: series. Okay, okay, and you um you said they're not all the Tampa area. They're all over the country, or you know, at least the yeah. Southeast area.
1: Yeah. So anyone like you know, and it's not just geared to young younger people, but that's how I started out because a lot of like younger you know rappers would come to me and say hey you know how can you help me out with this gonna be like yo you a g Gonga? how can i get this you know how to keep and i'm like you can't you know i'd rather someone you know teach me how to fish versus give me the fish you know mm-hmm. type of thing so i want to teach you how to fish versus me just giving you a piece of fish because that's going to satisfy your hunger right now but you will be hungry later on and without no skills it's going to be a, a, a famine it's not going to be hunger, you know? So that's what I just got to teach them. I got to be self-sufficient, more educated with, around knowing how to maneuver through this because majority of those the artists from the first one are not signed to do records, you know, but they're doing things. And that's really what I wanted to do, set them up to know how to work and maneuver as an independent artist, you know?
0: Okay. okay. Now, working with these with these artists, these up-and-coming artists kind of as a a manager slash uh, developer almost and and as a record label.
1: I'll take the manager part off (laughs) because I'm not managing anybody right now. So I don't want to misconstrue or do that. Um, And like I said, we are really developing an education right now. It's more like if um, we're not nonprofit, we don't really, you know, it's like, like I said, it's work, it's work for them because I'm not doing the work for them. It's more like I'm educating on how to be independent, you know, certain things they would have to do. And then once they do it, and I see it's done, because sometimes, you know, with the an artists and old and young, I'm mm-hmm. not even talking about young children, because I see this in a lot of older artists as well. And really, right now, present day, I see in a lot more older artists versus young artists that they rely on someone else to say, hey, you know, I'm waiting to get put on, or hey, i got signed to a production deal, or I got an um, independent deal. Now I'm going to wait for Daryl to tell me what to do next,
2: right. you know? Right. versus
1: saying, okay, yo, Daryl, I got these projects. I did this music. Now I want to set up this tour. Now, you know, and kind of bringing some ideas to the table versus right. waiting for someone else to do it all. Right.
2: So it's just really,
1: see. yeah, it's really just. I'm just trying to help them become, you know, self sufficient. Now I do have a couple of artists that we worked with from the first one that I'm interested with, you know, and working with Fordo Records. But um, it's still development. You know, you just yeah. don't want to put someone out and then it's like be yeah. good for the label or the artist and then you know how that works if it's something bad god forbid then you get blamed like ganga didn't give me my money <laughs> ganga signed me to a messed up deal and we don't want that so before we do anything we want to make sure everyone's educated and everyone' fully and you know is aware of how it works.
0: okay what okay now, now I'm taking on that role as you know the helping develop a becoming artist and then also mentoring felt like you're like a really big really big mentor for like these artists too in whatever capacity you need to mentor them, you know? Yeah. Um, Has that helped you at all in your your journey as an artist?
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Because I see a lot of myself in a lot of the artists that I, you know, work with, talk to, try to, you know, point them in the right direction, because I've been there, you know? Like, if you would have known, if you would have probably interviewed me, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you probably would have been like, it probably would have been a hostile interview like, yeah, they do this for me, I get that, you know, just because of being a jaded young artist, of not knowing that it's more elbow grease you have to put into this versus relying on, you know, it's like, I call it the, um, for lack of a better word, and I, and, and I don't want this to sound like, oh, because I'm a girl, I'm saying this, but I call it like the Cinderella syndrome, when you're waiting for the Prince Charming to rescue you and risk you away. A lot of these artists have like that Cinderella syndrome, in my opinion, where you're waiting for someone to put you on but then it's like what are you doing for yourself right. you know, and then like right now with these major labels they're not just saying hey send your demo in i'm gonna listen to it i like you i'm gonna put you know millions of thousands of dollars or whatever into your project mm-hmm. they were like well what did you do for yourself you right. know what do you have
2: yeah, especially
1: you let me see a track record exactly. and sometimes but I've, I've spoken with a lot of people and a lot of industry people will tell you You know, a lot of people think your numbers count, like on social media, like, oh, you have to have 10,000 followers. You have to have a blue check. Everyone has to be like hitting the like buttons on your post in order for you to be real. No, you still have to have talent and good product, you know, and they can see past the numbers with the potential and the work effort or the work ethic, you know? So, I, you know, that's the stuff that I try to instill in whoever is willing to listen. Like, it doesn't have to be like a young person or you know a particular type of person man woman whoever right I, whoever's willing to listen and i could pay it forward to them because i really feel like we need to be more aware in this as independent artists because in my opinion and this is an unpopular opinion i feel like um it was a time where you would pay rappers to perform mm-hmm. Now rappers pay to perform right so it's like what is that it's like you would I remember it was a point in time where, and I just maybe I just come from a different era of it, but I remember where you could go to the radio station, right? And, you know, they have like the receptionist or whatever, the front desk, and you give her submit music for play. And then sometimes the DJs in that mood, they're like, yo, we're throwing it on right now. You know what I'm saying? Instead of it's going to be $50 for me to listen, $100 for airplay, and, you know, wiping out the artist's pocket who's already struggling independent artists in some cases starving artists you know so um, and I'm not bashing anyone's hustle in any way you know or whatever the case may be but I just feel like it. What, where did that happen when did it happen like the, the switch
2: you yeah.
1: know? If, if, if someone if a promoter is trying to invite you out as an artist to perform nine times out of ten I'll say right about now eight times out of ten it's a pay it's you're paying them to perform you know so sometimes I'm like as much right. as you we'll, you know, and, and then it'll gas you to be like, oh, it's gonna be open and opportunities, people are gonna be there, so and so, so, so listen to your song, and then when you get there, it's none of the above, you know, it's just like you paid them to perform. To perform. And yeah, it bro. looks like as an artist, I don't think that's fair. I'm just gonna, you know, it's 2021, so I've been through 2020. We've all been through a lot of stuff. I thought about it or whatever. And it's not that I'm gonna um, you know, I'm not trying to start anything with anyone per se, or, you know, have a, you know, I love promoters. It's all, I feel like we just need to work together a little bit more cohesively. And as the artist, I'm coming to bring the entertainment. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm coming to perform. Why do I have to pay you to entertain your
0: crowd? You know? Right. So, what, what do you think? What do you think is the solution to that? Do you think that artists have to band together and and refuse to pay to perform? Like, what do you I think? I'm even
1: be- saying, like, a band together, protest opportunity. Because, and I'm not gonna say I haven't paid once or twice to perform in the past. I just mm-hmm. put my foot down and said I'm not doing that no right. more. Because uh, to me, I felt like you know sometimes the way things, the opportunities are presented, it makes you feel like you can get some opportunity out of this. It might be an opportunity network greater, and then it's not.
2: Right. You know?
1: Right. So like sometimes you just be like, damn, I kind of feel like I wasted my time. Or, you know, sometimes I'll be like, with me anyway, I can't really say nine out of 10, I, I don't feel like I wasted my time because I go prepared. I bring my merch, I bring things to sell. I think, you know, I bring, you know, cross product, you know, for me to, you know, cross promote my brand. To whoever's out there to see me, so I'm I come prepared in every situation, you know what I'm saying. However, I just feel like um it's a little bit of gassiness, you know, like like you gasses like oh it's gonna be, you know, celebrity DJs are gonna be judging and you get there and it's like his homeboy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like the promoter's homeboy and it's just, yeah, yeah. like I don't know you, sir, like you know yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking nothing away from no one, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> say? I just feel like yeah. as artists, you know, we yeah. um need to start knowing our worth. I'm just put it like that. Start recognizing your worth And I'm not saying demanded pay because sometimes opportunity, a lot of times, opportunity comes without pay. Right. You know, like go like, hey, you know, and I've had that where, you know, people be like, hey, Gong, I can't pay you what you're asking, but I can do if you can get here, I can do this, you know what I'm saying? And this will be opportunities. when I get there and opportunity exceeds, you know, the offer. Right. And the end result. you know was beyond anything i could have expected so i would never tell no one not to do it or to just stop and protest but just be more vigilant with what you do what you select and be and kind of look at everything over every opportunity over with this with a good eye you know what i'm saying like just for example on instagram last summer i was just getting inundated with those cartoon um people that's like doing logos and turning your face into a cartoon like if you're a rapper, you're just going to get targeted. If you do music, you're going to get targeted by these people trying to scam you out of money to turn your picture to a cartoon. I have a whole app on my phone that can do that, sir. I don't need to pay you $200 to do that, right? But they target artists because they know 9 times out of 10, artists are trying to get on and the artists will pay because they think, I don't know, it's like artists has been reduced to just feeling like we have to pay we have to, you know, we can't sell ourselves or our brand. We have to buy into everyone else's. And I think we're getting lost. And that's why it's just like flooded with a lot of artists. It's hard to decipher in some cases. And then it's just like opportunities. It's, it's right. flooded with opportunity. It's like which ones are thorough, which ones right. are authentic versus someone's, a, it's a money trap or a money grab, you know?
0: Okay. okay. So like you've seen, you've seen... The industry on every level change over the past twenty five plus years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and but you just—I I was listening to your new project, like Esmeralda. Yeah. And, uh, hey! <laughs> it's tight. It's tight. But what are some of the things that you've learned? Because I'm sure, like you, you know, the past twenty five years have taught you a lot. So you got to this point right now, both musically and you know, marketing wise as a businesswoman. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of the lessons that you've learned over the past, you know, twenty plus years? To, the, to that you kind of implemented in this new album.
1: Absolutely. Um, definitely with this new album, um, evolution. Okay. With everything, change is important. You know, like, for example, some people might, oh, Colleen looks, well, that's my real name. Ganga <laughs> looks exactly the same. You know, like, she still got dreads. She didn't age, a day, whatever the case is. But um, musically, I try to evolve. And I try to keep the same message. But sometimes, or not sometimes, more times than not, keep my audience in mind. Because your audience, even though you have a core audience of fans that might have been there from day one and will continue to be there till forever, you know, you might, my, you, my goal anyway is to gain new audiences and new fans along the way. You know, and sometimes you have to change your um, message. You have to keep the message but change the delivery of the message. So evolution, I would say like, if you listen to some of my earlier projects with like the gypsies and the way I rhymed on there, very like boom bat, very like basic hip hop, you know, like we're going in, I'm going to battle you. I got to tear you apart type of thing. Whereas now I'm more melodic and I'm kind of like in a happy place. Like I'm not really trying to battle no one, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong, I will. But I'm not trying to battle. I'm more so like just trying to do, the, do something fun and then also like, Tell have a message. You know, 2020 we've been through a crazy year. At the time, I, like the song "Follow Me Now," which was one of my lead singles off of La done I talk about myself in hopes that people could relate to it. Like, yo, I started on this rough road of being from the Bronx, from you know, parents from Jamaica, which it's it's always always a disadvantage of having family come that's not from here. You know, like if your family's far into this country, our culture is different, so we had to adjust within that. You know, and then being in the Bronx is like in my house it was 100% Jamaican culture. Then I went to an Irish Catholic school. And then when I hang up with my friends, it's like hip hop all day and, you know, on the block. So yeah. it was like culture clash, culture clash, and kind of an awkward feeling as a girl growing up of where do I fit in, you know? And then that kind of rolled over into my music. Where do I fit in? So I went real hard with the boom bap, but in deep down inside of me, I wanted to incorporate more of myself, more of my Jamaican culture. So I felt like um, I got kind of, um, lost in a, in a style that wasn't mine, you know? Don't get me wrong, I love boom bath. I love trap too, equally as much as I love boom bath. And I love um, chill hop, a nice melodic vibe or whatever. And then I love foreign hip hop. You know, I work with a lot of foreign producers. So that's what I say with evolution. If I wasn't able to evolve and keep the same message but be able to deliver it to whoever is in the room, I don't think that I would be able to still be here and still able to grow, you know? Because like, for example, you know, the language and the slang is different in Atlanta versus DMV. Right. So if you're talking to your homeboy in DMV about something, you know, maybe some, I don't know, whatever, music around there, you know, you might be like, you know, I, and I don't know how D.C. people talk right now, but back in the day, they to be like, yo, stop whaling, Joe, you know, you know, stuff like that. And you know, if you heard someone say that, they're from D.C. versus like, like here in Tampa, which was something I was like, is he saying breast? <laughs> but, um, they call each other, it's not like they're saying brusks, mm. but that's saying bro. Okay. It's just their, it's just their slang and their right. accent. You right. have to get used to it, you know, or the, like, oh, you ain't nothing but a jit. A jit is like a young kid, right? You know, so yeah. I had to say, oh, I don't know what a jit is. Oh, I'm into, oh okay. <laughs> you know, not to, you know, understand the, the slang to be able to communicate with them in their slang, you know what I'm saying? So evolution is a part, you can't be one track mind, you can't be closed off, you have to be open and willing to evolve. I'm not saying change your whole, you know, the way I am, the way I look, because this is me, you know, there's always been me, always been a dread girl, always been the girl from the Bronx, Jamaican, I always let everyone know. But with the music from, even from Vintage Roots, which I put out over 10 years ago, to La Esmeralda, which we just put out last year, you can hear the evolution and the growth and the
0: change, right? You know? How about on the creation, on the creation level? So, like mm-hmm. you talked about growth and, and evolving, um, you know, being true who you are, but some of the message, some of how you express who you are, might change mm-hmm. a little bit, right? That's but how about on your creation, on the creation side of things? When you create a song, do you take the same pathway? Has that evolved as well?
1: Yes, now when you say curate, like I'm curating other artists for like my mixtape or curating my songs
2: for my no, no,
0: creating creating your own songs. Like okay, maybe gotcha. you make your own songs. Yeah. So okay. do you do you have the same process of creation? Like do you, you know, start with writing the lyrics and you hear B or do you is it a completely different um, creation process? Lately, and
1: I think you know, I'm more is the audible, is the audio for me. So like because um, you know, Colossal is my partner in life as well. So we're together, so he'll be in the room making beats and stuff, and I'll be like, maybe on the other side of the house doing stuff, but, you know whatever, working on something, if the beat catch me, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And I'll stop and just, edit. it might not even be, not even, I didn't even ask to do this, I could have the beat, I'll just cover and start writing, like, yo, this is it, you know? And then he's like, yo, that's nice. And then we'll, it'll be a song, that literally just happened like a week ago, but that's how we do all the time, you know? He he actually produced Follow Me Now, and that's how Follow Me Now was created. I was in the kitchen cooking dinner, he was in the room, you know, playing with the beat, making the beat, building the beat. Literally building. And it wasn't even 100% complete yet. But he brought in that thing, 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 that that joint. Yeah. And it caught me. I stopped. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Almost burnt the food, left it, went to the studio. Like, wait a minute, this joint. And it just came in with the hook and music. Um, Other times, I'll, like for example, um, I worked with DJ Seek, DJ Yasens, out of Paris, France. And, um, don't curate some beats like gong i hear you on this you know and send it to me yeah. and we work well together it's like such a good chemistry with those producers and myself that we don't even speak the same language but i for some reason i know french don't ask me how <laughs> and um vice versa we're able to communicate and i know exactly the feeling you know like it's like i feel like it's i feel and en- i believe in energy I believe, like, like right now from you, I'm getting a good energy. I feel like you're a good guy, you know? Um, I feel like um, with energy with music, if I create a song, my whole intent is for you to feel the energy that I was having when I created that song. So I feel like producers do the same thing. Like, where they want, like, a certain vibe on their song, they're going to put that energy into that vibe. And I try to do my best to be receptive and pick up on the vibe. So when I'm working for, with producers like DJC for DJ Yassen's um, you know, so many different producers out there, I'll say to them, you know, what energy am I getting from this And for real, it's just like we'll be spot on because so they'll always be like, this is exactly what I wanted you to do to this like you know and so it's just I think I've been vibrating I've been trying to vibrate on a higher spiritual level lately. okay I think it's been working, you know because so okay. I can kind of like get those vibes like, yo I, I know what we need to do right here and I just knock it out like eerily. Like, I- I'll talk to you death Daryl, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
2: okay? You okay? I was gonna say,
1: um, like right before the coronavirus pandemic hit, right?
2: Mm.
1: I was, um, you know, just out and about, and I just felt a weird tension in the air. Maybe the, you know, the pandemic was coming, and I didn't, you know, wasn't paying attention to the news. I don't know, but this was like January, you know, so everything to me, I- I'm in Florida for us. Anything, everything went serious March.
2: Mm.
1: So it was about January, February, um. I got a beat from DJ Yassens from France. And he was like, yo, check this out. I want you on this song with um, Michel Roux and Soul Strike, which is two French rappers that are really dope that I'm working with right now. So I was like, okay, bet, let's do it. And I heard the song and I I just envisioned like 2020 before it happened. And I wrote this song out. So I sent the verse, you know, I wrote it, recorded it, sent it off to them. Forgot about it because I'm working on stuff for trying to get my eyes of tight and it's just still working on music for other projects and with other artists. So I forgot about it. So that was like January, February. Then around like August, September, they put the song out and every lyric of that song, I'll send you a, a video of it on Instagram. Every look at that, it scared me. I was like, wow, someone would hear this and think that I wrote this after you know, like the you know, like the summer went by and I wrote this because of everything that went on right this summer. I literally wrote that in January. So I freaked myself out with that one uh, because
0: uh, you can yeah, feel it that's
1: cool. why I say I'd be trying to like vibrate higher. And then right. sometimes it's scary when you do. And that's another reason why like um the project I'm working on now is I'm trying to keep it light. because I kind of want to bring some good energy back to people. Mm-hmm. I feel we need it as people. And we know music, like back in the days. Musicians were um, tasked to make people happy, right. to entertain the king, you know, to bring you know, joy to the people, to bring news to the people, to right. keep people up during depression times and you know, you know, war. And they had musicians come out and play for the soldiers. So musicians are key people, especially during hard times. You know? mm-hmm. So I said, I want to um, not go too deep. You know, we already like, like right now, I don't know, me anyway, but you can tell me, tell me correct me if I'm wrong, how you feel about it. Do you want to hear like a song right now and somebody's like threatening you every other word? Like, yeah, I'm starting to feel like you're talking about me or this song? Or do you want to hear a song where it's like, yo, we're keeping it light, I'm feeling good, I I could throw this on, open up the sun, you know, the sun in, and you know what I'm saying, I'm vibing. Yeah, I, I just feel yeah, like you you.
0: especially during Kobe times and all this stuff going on politically, you really want to hear exactly. some.
1: You don't want to add on top of that with what we already have to deal with in reality, you know. So, yeah. I'm trying something different right now. Hopefully, you'll like it. It'll be up this year.
0: Okay, you like it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually my last question. Let us know what's coming up for uh 2021 for Ganguly. Yes,
1: yeah, so for Ganguly, you know, right now, I'm pushing my Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Right now you're good, you're good because you got it right the first time. So <laughs> I, um I'm pushing out Esmeralda still, still streaming in all digital streaming platforms. I also have a podcast called She Can Talk Podcast. It airs every other Wednesday. So you can go on Spotify, um, Podbeam, wherever podcast is streaming, and um you can check it out. I talk about just different things, more so my life as a black woman in today's day and age. Also Navigating through things like the music industry as an indie artist and an indie label owner, as well as I love to cook, so I talk about um, things I love to cook. Like I try exotic things, <laughs> made million dollar chicken. If you don't know that, it, look it up. You'll change your life. But um, yeah, I just like to share things that you know, just life and lifestyle and food and friends and a lot of my friends are musicians in the music industry and DJs. So my goal is to get more people on this yet, so we can just have conversations.
2: Okay. And um,
1: you know kind of tell some stories tell some share some history right. and also like share some um some some jewels with, with you know people that are trying to do what we do you know I'm okay. so doing that new projects will be coming out i actually am working on three right now but they're not going to come out all at once it's going to be you know an installment i'm almost done i'm very excited about it so a lot of people's like she's been quiet i've been quiet for a reason because i've been working mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully you guys will like it my motto is if you like it tell a friend If you don't like it, tell a friend. It doesn't matter, (laughs) and it doesn't hurt either way,
0: (laughs) right? (laughs) Either way, tell a friend. You can't beat that. either. With the podcast, with the music, what's the name of the first installment? So we look out. The first
1: installment is Tampa Bay, but it's B A E B A E, so a
0: little twist on it. So that's like that. Okay, and it's the big year for Tampa Bay too, you know, The Super Bowl coming out. today. Yeah,
1: exactly. But my twist is, you know, out in you know the South Bay, B A E is like short for your baby or whatever. So that should give you a little twist on it, like, on my Tampa Bay. But I love Tampa. Let me tell you, I love Tampa. I was talking with um, a friend that's in the industry. She was out in, well, she lives in L.A. She called me a couple of days ago, wished me happy birthday. My birthday was on Thursday. And we were talking, and she was like, yo, Tampa is looking pretty lit. i think thinking I'm going to have to move to Tampa out there with you. I was like, yeah, well, you know, honestly, I'm disappointed in the COVID situation. If it wasn't COVID, I would be up and down the Buccaneers, Super Bowl, like all of that good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just I'm a little bit more cautious, so I'm not really trying to,
2: yeah.
1: but it's it's a lituation out here, it's really nice. Weather is nice, like right now. Today it's gonna be like 80-something degrees. Right now, it's about 75 degrees. Nah, that you're so. Now you just bragging,
0: now you just rubbing it in, the folks. Now you just rubbing it you in. Know?
1: I'm not, oh, I forgot. It did <laughs> show up in New York and stuff. So, but no, like, and I honestly, one thing I will say, it is like a vortex because if you move to Tampa, you feel like you are disconnected from the rest of the world because we don't get winter and all that stuff. So you just, like, I, I wear flip flops. I have to put on boots. Where am I going? You know? So, so I love that. And I'm not trying to rub the weather in, but I feel like the sun, it helps you, you know, it's like a flower. You need that sun to grow. And me as an artist, like, I need that son, you know, yeah. like, and to feed off of it, it keeps me going. Yeah. Hope you don't think I was too much of a weirdo
0: for you, Daryl. Nah, <laughs> not, not at all. Anything. Not at all, not at all. This is the easiest interview I've ever had in my life. I'll just ah. throw it out, you let, you, let you roll. Ah, <laughs> I, th- I told
1: you
0: I talk to death. You see, my podcast <laughs> is called She Can Talk. Yeah, so you, you you named it right. <laughs> you named it right. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to check out the podcast. I'll definitely check out the podcast. I mean, you talk about yeah. life, food, and music. I mean, three of our
1: Please three, three things can, can. if I can. Check out Kylene Eat Wings. That's my food page on Instagram. Okay. So I'm a wing girl. I love to make wings any type of way. I love to try wings. Um, different restaurants will send me wings to try and stuff. So I always, you know, like to share that with people wherever I travel to. Hey, if you're here, check out this. If you're over there, and you know, so check out Colleen Eat Wings, which is my real
2: name as well.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Once again, this is Ganga Lee. Incredible artist, songwriter, and uh, labor owner, and labor owner, out of, uh, originally from Bronx, now out of Tampa, and uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you.
1: It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time, Dad.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.